Now it's time for Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf, the number one relationship advice radio show in the U.S. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Ask Dr. Love. It's my pleasure to be with you again this week. Today, we're talking about healing unfinished business with deceased loved ones. You know, the holidays are a time for slowing down and spending quality time with those we love. But holidays can be especially painful if you're carrying the burden of unresolved conflicts with friends and loved ones, especially if you have unresolved baggage with a deceased loved one. Instead of feeling joy and love when you think of that person, you feel nothing but sorrow, hurt, and anger. And perhaps the greatest pain comes from the sense of despair over never having had the chance to make amends. Contrary to popular belief, there is a way to resolve unfinished business with deceased friends and relatives. I can't tell you how many people I've worked with over the decades who carry pain over unfinished business with a deceased friend, sibling, parent, life partner, or spouse, and millions of people harbor this baggage as a result, especially of having been abused or mistreated during childhood. Now, unfortunately, traditional Western therapy offers no method for resolving this unfinished business. The mainstream party line is if you have unfinished business with somebody and you didn't work it out before they kicked the bucket, you are SOL. And the Western approach to grief is grieve, let go, and move on and do it in six months. And if you aren't finished in six months, then psychiatric labels like complicated grief syndrome are slapped on you and drugs are pushed down your throat. Now, I've spent my entire professional career researching and developing a conflict resolution method that works for over 90% of the people who use it. My conflict resolution method works to resolve impasses with friends, family, co-workers, life partners, including gay, straight, non-binary, young and old, and married couples as well. After my husband left his body, suddenly from a fatal bee sting, he made his presence known to me by moving objects and turning lights and machines on and off, often in front of witnesses. I've captured a lot of these manifestations on camera. My discovery that we don't die led me to conclude that our relationships should not end simply because someone we love has left his or her body. Discovering we don't die and realizing our relationships do not end and should not end, I came to a radical paradigm-shifting discovery. It's never too late to heal unfinished business with those in spirit. So I developed the transdimensional grief resolution method. It's a revolutionary method that enables you to reconnect and dialogue with deceased loved ones, enabling you to finally heal your unfinished business with them. So I'm taking the conflict resolution method that I developed, bringing it to the world of after-death communication. The CEO of Hay House said, we've never seen anything like your trans-dimensional grief resolution method. And they published my amazing reconnection story and introduced my new method in the number one bestseller, Love Never Dies. The transdimensional grief resolution method is the solution for millions of people who are suffering over unfinished business with deceased loved ones. So today I'm going to give you a brief introduction to the transdimensional grief resolution method, and I'm going to share lots of amazing true healing stories of patients of mine who have buried the hatchet 
with deceased loved ones. And this healing is also yours for the asking. And it's really my hope that today's show is going to help you to resolve unfinished business with your deceased friends and family so you can finally enjoy a peaceful, love-filled holiday and life. Oh, and just as a side note, even if you don't believe in the afterlife, I've used my dialoguing with the departed technique, the cornerstone of the transdimensional grief resolution method to help atheists heal unfinished business with deceased loved ones as well. So don't think that this healing isn't for you if you don't believe in God or the afterlife. Now, here's the thing. I want to start with this premise. When you've been abused, it's hard to believe that there's a possibility of healing the rift with someone who was impossible to deal with when that someone was alive. But inspired by Jean's revelations regarding the transformations that occur after bodily departure, I've discovered that when someone enters spirit form, that being has, at the very least, a clearer perspective on the mistakes that he or she made on the earth plane. And this awareness sets the stage for reconciliation. While it's true that some beings are waiting with open arms to make peace and shower us with love and heal whatever unfinished business we have with them, Others may need a little more nudging, but even the most unevolved beings know that their own spiritual progression re requires them to right their wrongs by making amends with those living on the earth plane. And this means it's never too late to heal wounds, resolve resentments, make peace, and repair a damaged relationship with someone who has left his or her body. And that in bodily death, it is possible to resolve issues that never could have been addressed during that person's lifetime. One of my patients said to me, I wish my mother would hurry up and die so we can work this out. And this is not a joke. So it's also been revealed to me that the departed yearn to right their wrongs and make amends with us. This is why, this is why I know it's never too late. Um, so I want you to also know that if you're carrying resentment towards someone who mistreated or abused you, you are not expected to force forgiveness on yourself. Beings in spirit accept you as you are, right where you are. You can be angry. You can rage at them for as long as you need to. They aren't going anywhere. They literally have an eternity to work it out with you. All you need to do is open your heart and allow the process of healing to begin. Allow them to make peace with you. Allow them to shower you with love. And if you're among the millions who have been abused by a parent, there's a good chance you still retain a lingering fear of that abusive parent. This is a really big thing. So you've been abused. You're terrified to dialogue with that parent in spirit because you're afraid, even though you know intellectually that beings are more knowing and seeing in spirit than they were here on the earth plane, as well as more capable of love and forgiveness and patience. And even though you know it's possible to heal the issues that couldn't have been resolved during the spirit being's lifetime, you may still be doubtful or resistant to trying. I've noticed many of my clients who were abused by a parent or other close relative when they were young, especially, continue to feel afraid to dialogue with that being in spirit for fear of being abused again. And even though we may know consciously this is irrational, it often hangs on, that fear hangs on regardless. So if this is your fear, 
I'm afraid that I'm going to be abused again. You need to remind yourself that spirit beings are more evolved. And through their elevated position, spirits are more able to relinquish their less desirable, abusive traits and fine tune their better ones. So please don't give up the hope of healing a relationship with someone who's left his or her body. Now, Initially, many of my patients feel that it's impossible to make amends with a parent who's deceased, deceased. And these feelings of futility stem from our early memories of the damaged and scary parent of our youth. And if this is your case, remind yourself you're a grown up. You're not a kid anymore. And the person who abused you isn't the same being in, a, in spirit form. They're, they're ready and willing to work it out with you. And you're not the same tongue-tied, powerless little kid. Now, despite these affirmations, you may still feel scared that you're going to be beaten or punished for speaking out of line, especially if you never had a chance to confront your abuser and clear the air when that person lived in a body. So no matter how old you are chronologically, if you haven't worked through the emotions associated with the abuse you suffered when you were young, the abused child of your youth will continue to live on inside you. And like every other abused person, you may remain emotionally frozen in time, as scared of that parent as when you were young. And you're going to continue to feel this way long after your parent left his body. Time doesn't diminish the fear. I want to share a story with you that really elucidates what we're talking about here, a grown-up who's still afraid of an abusive parent and how I helped her get past that fear. It was my first Good Friday following Jean leaving his body, and I felt led to visit a woman named Lainey who sells exotic birds. I hadn't spoken to her or seen her for five years since we put Fluffy, our little beloved canary, to sleep, and I knew nothing about her personal life in any case. So Jean told me, I heard him say, go to her house on Good Friday. So I went and I felt that uh, I was being sent to help one of her birds. As soon as I walked inside her house, she showed me a young female finch that she said was dying. And she explained that finches can't go more than a day without food. And this little one hadn't eaten for a day. And she said that it wouldn't last much longer. When I looked at the bird, it sat motionless on the perch and her feathers were all puffed up. So I asked Lainey if I could try to heal the bird and she said, okay. So I walked over to the bird cage and I pressed my face to the thin metal bars. Now, normally having someone come this close would distress a bird, but this bird was not distressed. As I began talking to the bird, the bird became aware of my presence and then became excited. And she started jumping up and down and even began flying. So I told her aloud that I wanted her to go to her seed bowl and begin eating. And the bird obeyed me immediately. And the more she ate, the stronger she became and the more she wanted to eat. By this point, she was just scarfing up seeds like a mini vacuum cleaner. And it was then that I felt a tidal wave of love and realized that it was Jean who had led me here. And in this elegantly orchestrated manifestation, he was simultaneously blessing Lainey by allowing me to save her bird and also giving me the blessing of saving her little bird the way I couldn't save Fluffy. I then sensed two spirit presences 
surrounding Lainey, and I picked up an extreme sense of urgency as though they were beating down my door in their eagerness to speak to her. And I also had the sense that they had been waiting for a long time to reach her and that they were relieved that I'd heard the call and was there to help them talk to her. At that moment, I saw the bird had sensed their spirit presences as well, and she looked distressed again, and she started stretching her head upward, heavenward. And it occurred to me that the spirit presences surrounding Lainey may have been upsetting this little creature and may have caused her sickness. So I told the bird aloud, don't worry about these spirits. And while speaking aloud may make it easier for me to transmit a clear message, I've also silently communicated a message to animals and they have understood me all the same. So in this case, I spoke aloud because I wanted Lainey to hear what I was saying. I was here to help Lainey with the spirits and the bird should return to her meal. And she did. I then heard a female spirit presence say to Lainey, I'm so sorry that I was such a weakling and I didn't protect you. When I repeated the word weakling to Lainey, it struck me as an odd term, certainly not one that I would ever use. I sensed that it was Lainey's mother speaking, but I didn't know that Lainey's mother was in spirit. So I asked Lainey if these words made sense to her, and she said that they did, and she confirmed that indeed it was her mom talking, and she said that her mother always used the word weakling, and I've come to realize that not only Jean, but also other spirits validate their presence by using figures of speech that were idiosyncratic to them. Then I heard her mother expanding on her previous message, and she said, I'm sorry that I couldn't protect you from your father. Well, Lainey confirmed that this was true. And at that moment, I felt a man desperately trying to reach out to Lainey. And I said, there's a man who wants to speak to you. He wants you to know you're safe. He can't hurt you anymore. As I said that, I felt my eyes being drawn to a cranberry colored blown glass ball hanging from the ceiling. And I was momentarily confused since I'd purchased an identical item as a gift for someone around five years before, but in that moment, I couldn't remember who I'd given it to. And I asked Lainey if I'd given the ornament to her. And she said, no, she bought the witching ball to protect her from the spirit of her father. And then I realized that her father had drawn my attention to the ball as a way to get her to talk about her ongoing fear of him. I am still afraid of him, Lainey told me. And her father said, I'm not asking you to forgive me. For your own sake, as well as mine, all I ask is that you confront me. Now is the time to make me face up to what I did to you. Don't protect me. You need this for your own healing, and I need you to help me face the truth in order for me to evolve spiritually. Well, this experience was a first for me, and it completely amazed me because I discovered in that moment that in order to progress spiritually, those who have left their bodies actually need us to help them in their evolution. And here is the beauty of this process. As we help those in spirit to evolve, we're helping ourselves. And as my example shows, Lori remained frozen in time, trapped in childhood because the feelings associated with the trauma she suffered as a child hadn't been resolved. And she still continued to drown in the terror of a young girl who doesn't feel safe. And dialoguing with her father through me was just what she needed to help them both heal and evolve. And by the time I left that day, after overseeing their dialogue, Lori was already standing taller and she felt less afraid of her father and her little bird survived too. 
So before we talk more about how you can dialogue with loved ones in spirit and overcome the blocks to dialoguing, I just want to take a little moment to talk about the difference between healing and forgiveness. And I want to explain why forgiveness is by no means synonymous with healing unfinished business. In fact, many people think that they have healed when all they've done is bury their feelings and their trauma in a very shallow grave that they cover over with the illusion of forgiveness. Meanwhile, all this pain is still percolating beneath the surface. So forgiveness is defined as the intentional and voluntary process by which a victim undergoes a change in feelings and attitude regarding an offense. Let's go of negative emotions like vengefulness with an increased ability to wish the offender well. There's lots of quotes in the Bible, Matthew, John, Isaiah, Acts, uh, Corinthians, Ephesians, Hebrews, Daniel, Colossians, uh, the Psalms, the Numbers, Micah, it's, it goes, Mark, it goes on and on. The Bible keeps talking about religious and spiritual teachings, keep talk about, talking about the value of forgiveness. But here's the thing, like I said, many people make the mistake of forcing forgiveness down their own throats, and in the process, they sweep their anger under the emotional rug and fool themselves into believing that they are no longer angry or injured when in fact they are. And buried anger is really dangerous. It eats, eats away at the soul. It's like a cancer. And in fact, I had a patient who kept getting new cases of cancer over and over. She spoke with a sweet baby voice. And on the surface, she seemed filled with love and kindness and forgiveness for everyone. But in reality, rage was boiling beneath the surface and it was literally eating her up on the inside. Buried anger not only predisposes us to cancer, but it also shortens our lifespan by damaging the endothelium in our arteries and raising our risk of heart attack and stroke and spontaneous death. And buried anger can also morph into depression, anxiety, panic attacks, phobias, and it can also get misdirected back onto the self in the form of self-attacking and self-destructive acts. I'll never forget a woman who came to me for therapy because she couldn't drive a car due to her fear that she would die in a car crash. So she was filled with rage and her rage was taking the form of turning her into a, a cripple who couldn't leave the house. That was her, her self-punishment. So why are we so afraid of our angry feelings in the first place? Well, it starts in childhood. We're born with a brain that engages in magical thinking. The magical thinking brain makes no distinction between feelings and outcomes. Magical thinking includes the belief that if I'm angry with my mom or dad, they'll drop dead. And since I need mom and dad for my survival, I can't even risk feeling my anger. You know, I had a little boy and girl in my office many decades ago, and the little boy kept saying to his sister, I hate you, I wish you'd drop dead. They were standing on opposite ends of the room, and hours later, the little girl slammed her own hand in the door, and the little boy burst into tears and said, I didn't mean to do it. So you see, his magical thinking brain made him think that his wishes actually hurt her. And due to this ma magical thinking, we not only swallow our anger, we also turn it back on ourselves, like I said. And this is actually called the narcissistic defense of childhood. Um, when the rage surfaces for most of us, the problem is 
we don't know what to do with it. I mean, eventually you can't push it down anymore and then you explode and it just pops out. If you're lucky, it has to surface, but then what do you do with it? And so people get confused because they don't know how to channel their angry feelings into constructive communications. Most people think angry feelings are synonymous with angry actions. And then we act out our anger and then we do more harm to ourselves and the relationship. So when we come back after the break, I'm going to tell you what we must do with our anger instead of acting it out in damaging ways. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it. All of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. 
As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. For the break, we started talking about the distinction between feeling your angry feelings and then channeling them into constructive communications as opposed to acting out the anger. And the distinction between the feeling and the acting out is essential because anger in itself is just a neutral emotion. It's just a warning light that your psychological toes have been stepped on. But the acting out of anger through hostile behavior like door slamming, shoving, and stuff like that, or hostile words like name calling, sarcasm, threats, insults, that's a big problem. Hostile words and actions evolve into fighting. And I know you may be thinking, well, uh, I hate this person so much that if I couldn't blow off steam, I'd lose it for sure. And while it may feel better in the moment for you to drop your load, what you probably don't realize is that ranting, raving, screaming, yelling, and slamming cause more problems. You know, there was um, an era where therapists talked about the be- benefit of venting. It's a branch of psychology called the cathartic school. And they uh, propounded the notion that it's healthy to scream and yell in order to reach the bottom of your emotional barrel, kind of like an enema for your soul. This approach to handling emotions has largely been abandoned by people who know what's going on because anger has a self-feeding aspect. Anger begets more anger. And in addition, emotional venting has a negative effect on the receiver who's being dumped on. So if acted out anger doesn't work, what about expressing anger, angry feelings? And now I'm really going to throw you a curveball ball by saying angry feelings should not be expressed. What I mean by this is raw, angry emotions should never be delivered in pure form to anyone. I think of the image of a sieve. When you're talking about intense, angry feelings, before talking to anyone about what's bothering you, you want your raw emotions to filter through this imaginary sieve. And what remains in the sieve is to be kept for yourself. And what passes through the sieve of your intellect is fit for human consumption. So the important point here is that once the emotions have passed through the sieve, you have transformed and detoxified them. So, you know, I'll never forget this guy. He was a copy editor, 30 years old, chain smoked, screamed at his wife, screamed at his kids, uh, screamed at everybody, abused everyone. So she got him into therapy. And I said, um, do you scream at your boss? And he goes, uh, well, he pisses me off all the time. And I said, well, how many times have you screamed at him? And he said, what are you nuts? I'd lose my job. And I said, so you see, you can control yourself if you want to. And you control yourself with a boss who you hate, but don't say you can't control yourself when dealing with your wife and your kids. You can put your rage under control. And this was like an eye opener for him. So let's face it. None of us learned how to resolve our conflicts. We copy what we learned in our first families. We never, never, never learned how to handle our anger correctly using my XY formula, describing how you feel, why is what happened, no attacks. When you are clear about how to properly handle your anger, 
you also know how to properly handle your conflicts with anyone on the earth plane or anyone in the spirit realm. So you want to have those skills under your belt because then you're going to feel safer to handle your own anger. So what we're looking for is neither acting out nor burying it under a shallow grave of forgiveness. We're looking for constructive communication, and this holds true for our relationships with those who are deceased. And uh, to really resolve your anger toward anyone, you want to bring the feelings that you have to your conscious awareness rather than bury them, and then you want to communicate the feelings and why you have them. And that's exactly what you would do when you're dialoguing with someone who's done you wrong. And the good news is, Love Never Dies, um, my, my book, goes into all kinds of de details, gives you lots of examples, showing you, proving to you th that you can communicate, you can dialogue, and it's never too late to heal those wounds, resolve your resentments, make peace, and restore a damaged relationship. So again, if you're carrying resentment towards someone who mistreated you or abused you, I'm not expecting you, and I don't want you to force forgiveness on yourself. Beings in spirit accept you as you are, right where you are. Be angry, rage at them for as long as you need to. They aren't going anywhere. They have an eternity literally to work it out with you. And all you need to do is open your heart. Let the process begin. Allow them to work with you. Um, so what I want you to do is do a mental inventory and actually encourage yourself to dig up all the memories and the feelings that you've buried around previous abuse you've suffered. And then you'll use my dialoguing with the departed technique, and you're going to discuss the wounds that you buried and the feelings that are associated with them and that you're, the feelings that you're still harboring toward your deceased loved and hated ones. And like I said, the good news is those in spirit know that they went where they went wrong with you and they're really able to work it out with you now. So what we're going to do is we're going to take a little break. When we come back, I'm going to share with you some stories, some really inspiring stories that have happened even over the last couple of weeks with, uh, well, when we come back, I'll tell you about Dee, one of my patients who was afraid to dialogue with her abusive mother. And I'm going to show you how we got around her fear and helped her to dialogue and heal. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. 
If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine this is your money and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them so you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love, and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. I'm Dr. Jamie Turndorf. We're talking about how to heal unfinished business with those in spirit. And I promised to tell you the story about D. Dee had a mother who was very abusive. And when I first suggested the idea of dialoguing with her mother in spirit, Dee was beyond reluctant. The reason for her reluctance is that common fear. If you were abused as a kid, you'll feel afraid to dialogue with that person in spirit for fear of being abused again. So you stuff down the anger and just pretend it's gone, but in fact, it's just buried in a very shallow grave and you're just limping along with all the injuries that you suffered. Now, if you share Dee's fear of retaliation, again, you have to remind yourself, spirit beings are more evolved. They will not abuse you again. And they are they have relinquished their less desirable traits and they have fine-tuned their better ones and for many of us we have to wait until that person leaves his or her body to finally resolve the issues that still linger so please don't give up hope of healing a relationship with someone who's who's left his or her body it took me months and months to peel away and resolve all the reasons for d's resistance but 
again, the fear of abuse seemed to be the most prominent one for her. So what I suggested that D do, which you can also do, is keep your guard up. Do not let your guard down. Do not come in with trust, uh, you know, ringing from the heavens. Keep your guard up and even believe if you want that this person you're going to dialogue with will not be different. <clears throat> but at the same time, split yourself in two and observe exactly how that being in spirit does respond when you start to talk. And very often when you embark on a dialogue, you're going to anticipate that the deceased person you're dialoguing with is going to speak to you exactly how he or she did when in a body. So again, I said, Rick, keep the eyebrow raised and just talk. And after several dialogues, Dee realized her mother was not retaliating against her for the truth of what she was saying. And a big turning point for Dee came when she realized her mother was silent. She said that she felt that the silence was like her mother was just holding her, something she had never done when Dee lived with her in a body. Mom never was quiet and mom never held her. And this really paved the way for more and more healing dialogues. And then last week during her sleep, Dee felt her third eye opening up. She said she saw all kinds of fanciful shapes and colors. And you know, the third eye is our window to the spirit dimension. Some be believe the third eye is the pineal gland. And many believe that the third eye can actually become calcified just as our joints and our arteries can. And that blocks our ability to reconnect. But somehow her own body went through a healing cycle and decalcified or just opened up her third eye. And when she awoke, she felt like she'd never felt before. And later that morning, she actually called on her mother for help. This was the first time in her life. Just being able to reach out to her mother like she never could when mom was in a body or like when she was a little girl was both a symptom of how much healing Dee had achieved so far and the reaching out and having her mom come to her was providing further healing by allowing her mother to be there for her the way she wasn't when Dee was a little girl. And with each ongoing dialogue, Dee is creating a new and deeper relationship with her mom now and healing more and more by the day. So if you're afraid to do a dialogue with somebody who's abused, I also have a technique that I outline in Love Never Dies, which I call a supervised visitation. So I like to help people visualize that the adult part of your psyche is watching over the dialogue and protecting your frightened inner child. Now, of course, I do this for my patients and workshop participants because I'm there as the bodyguard. But if you want to try this on your own, you could split yourself in two and imagine your grown-up is supervising this visitation where your inner child is speaking to your parent. By watching over the encounter, you're truly reparenting yourself, helping the little person inside you to speak to the parent who harmed you or whoever harmed you and assuring that little one inside you that you're there to protect him or her. So now's your chance to say what's been nagging at your heart, knowing that you, the adult, will be watching over you as you speak to your parent or other family member or relative who harmed you. And another thing I have found that really helps to what I call defang or disempower the abusers before initiating a dialogue. Use whatever image works for you. Some like to visualize um, that the person's sitting in a chair but is strapped in. And uh, some like to visualize that they're being muzzled so that they can't speak back, at least at first. 
Create whatever visualization you need that makes you feel safe. And when it comes to dialoguing with someone who's abused you, it's very natural to, um, to just expect again and again that they're going to treat you the way they did. Um, now, I want to also talk about another impediment to dialoguing and healing. And this one is demanding, demanding a certain response or demanding that they communicate with us in a certain way or demanding that they give us a particular sign. So, you know, people on the earth plane hate being controlled. Spirits are no different. When we come back, I'm going to talk to you about how to get past this impasse to dialoguing and healing. Be back in a moment. Are you a business looking to expand across the USA? Ask Dr. Love reaches millions of terrestrial radio listeners, offering you a unique opportunity to reach out to almost every adult listening group as everyone is concerned about their relationships. There is no other relationship advice show broadcast anywhere else in the USA. By advertising on Ask Dr. Love, your company can reach an audience that no other show touches. Visit AskDrLove.com and fill out the contact form to get in on this tremendous opportunity. Fill out the contact form at AskDrLove.com right now and get all the details. Will it be your company that gets to take advantage and grow your business? If you served in the Marine Corps, by now you know about the contaminated water problem at Camp Lejeune. If you were stationed or worked at Camp Lejeune from 1953 to 1987, you probably have a lot of questions. We have some answers. You could be entitled to compensation. Billions of dollars are being allocated to pay for damages to anyone stationed at Camp Lejeune during that time. Unfortunately, it appears that officials may have known the contaminated water problem existed and did little to protect their men. The Semper Fi Code was not honored. If you or someone in your family has developed a serious illness, including various forms of cancer, call this Camp Lejeune legal support line right now. You can't turn back the clock and change what happened, but you can certainly call right now and learn your rights as a Marine. Here's the number. Call 877-941-4731. That's 877-941-4731. Again, 877-941-4731. Imagine, this is your money, and someone wants to take it from you. Who is it? The IRS. Guess what? They want your money, and they can take it, all of it if they want. So what do you do? You fight back by letting our team of experts work it out with the IRS so you can keep your money. Call right now and learn for free how we can help you put it back in your pocket. Five minutes of your time can save you thousands of dollars. So please call right now. Want to save money on your next flight? Then pick up the phone and call, because the best prices are not online. See, SmartFares has special deals with the airlines. When they have unsold seats, they use SmartFares to fill them. So you get airline tickets at ridiculously low prices. With the extra money you'll save, you can book another trip or treat yourself to dinner. Call today and get the best price on your next flight, guaranteed. Also, save up to 50% off business and first-class tickets. You're listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. If your heart is still hurting over the bodily loss of your loved one, the reason is simple. We're not meant to be separated from those we love. 
and reconnecting is the only way to end the grief. But reconnecting and staying connected requires guidance. As a gift to her listeners, Dr. Turndorf is offering a limited number of discounted grief relief sessions to help you reestablish a relationship with loved ones in spirit and resolve any unfinished issues. If you're ready to experience the healing and joy of reconnecting, visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to schedule your session. But don't wait. Space is limited. Visit drjamieturndorf.com slash griefrelief to find out more. And now, back to Dr. Turndorf. Hello again and welcome back to Ask Dr. Love. Before we took the break, I wanted to say a few words about how demanding a certain kind of communication or a sign can actually block your dialogue. Uh, I'm thinking about a workshop, a Love Never Dies workshop and retreat that I did in Millbrook, New York. And it was a really big event in person and online. And a psychologist, a doctor came and he was talking about how he felt that his father abandoned him. He said, he never talks to me. I never get any words. I just want him to talk to me. And as he was saying this, I saw his dad putting his arm around Joe's shoulder. And I said, you know, I have the impression that the fight that you're in with your father and spirit is the same fight you had when he was in a body. You're verbal. Dad isn't. He wants to hug you. That's how he expresses his love. He did it in a body. He's doing it now in spirit form. And you're trying to demand him to talk, which is not his preferred way of communicating. And so you're at an impasse. This was a huge wake up for Joe. He realized, oh my gosh, let dad communicate with me in his way. And then he was able to heal his horrible wound that he'd had his whole life. Um, Now, there's another impediment that we need to talk about, and that is the anger itself. Not wanting to let go of your anger creates an obstacle to dialoguing with a spirit being. So the feeling of anger itself is unbelievable. Becky, um, she's a patient of mine who um, we just had this breakthrough a week or so ago. She's in her 70s. She's lived with a constant feeling of abandonment, sorrow, and incredible misery and pain. She cries most all the time. Her mother was abusive to her. Her father was non-existent. Every time I've asked Becky to dialogue with her parents and tell them directly how they failed her, she's resisted. Why? More than being afraid of being abused again, Becky was getting something out of being the miserable, unloved victim. So for her, staying the stuck victim was a stealth way to release her anger toward her parents. Every time she cried over her injury, she was indirectly telling her parents, look at how you hurt me. Look at how you ruined my life. So her victimization is her way of punishing her parents by never letting them off the hook. So the only way she knew how to release her anger required her to remain the miserable, suffering, sacrificial lamb. So it took time to get Becky to be willing to drop the stuck victim stance and just dialogue and be up front with her anger, her hurt, her sadness, whatever she felt over her parents' mistakes. And something amazing happened last week in her dialogue with her father. She once again fell into the victim story and she started to tell her father that he never loved her. And at this moment, I heard her dad say, I always loved you. And then I saw him perform a gesture in which he stroked her cheek. And I told her this and she burst into tears. She had forgotten that dad used to do that to her. And this was a cataclysmic experience. That little manifestation validated his presence and proved to her 
She was always loved. And from this moment on, Becky has felt loved for the first time in her life. She's no longer a miserable, abandoned victim. And now when the mean voice of her mom comes into her head, she has begun to call upon her dad for the first time in her life and ask him to protect her. So the healing that Becky has experienced by being able to get past her anger and just voice the anger has just changed her life. So if you're holding on to your anger and resentment to punish someone who did you wrong, now's the time to ditch that very maladaptive defense pattern. And why should you be the sacrificial lamb? Why should you shoot yourself in the foot? Direct the anger outward onto the person who harmed you. It reminds me of the Saturday Night Live show. Joe Pesci wants to buy a pinky ring. He's a mafioso and he wants a beautiful big ring so that when he is telling off uh, somebody who he's uh, shaking down, the ring will show. And the jeweler puts the ring on his hand and then says, excuse me, I have to leave. So Pesci is alone in front of the mirror mimicking what he's going to do with this ring. And he takes his pinky and he pokes himself in the chest. F me? No, F you. And that was the, that's like the image that I use. Don't F you. F the other person. By this, I mean externalize the anger. Get it off of yourself. Get past this victim story that you've been doing since you were a child. I get why we did it as kids, but you don't need to do it anymore. Spirits are willing to hear your anger. You know, uh, I had a patient named Louise. She said she had been holding on to a boatload of anger for her entire life. She had a strict religious upbringing, but she was also holding on to being a victim as well. Um, this reminds me of a patient I had who used to knock herself unconscious by running into the wall. And right before she knocked herself out, she would think, now my parents are really going to suffer when they see how much I've been harmed. Suicide is the ultimate expression of this way of thinking and reacting. It's like, I'm going to turn all that rage on me. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to hurt myself. And you will suffer. I, I want you to become conscious of this and allow the rage to come out of you and out into your dialogue, right? And something really amazing happened with Louise. She had spent her life feeling abused and abandoned by her mother who ran a store that was adjacent to their house. Mom never cooked for her. She would steal candy bars and feed herself. She, she just was the most miserable, abandoned, angry person. So I used um, a technique that I'd also like to offer you called allowing spirit to speak through you. So what happens with this technique is when you are so furious and you feel so victimized, it can help you to get inside the other person's head and understand why he or she did what he did. So when I asked Louise to do a dialogue, but in the dialogue, speak her mother's side of the story. And it was amazing. For the first time, Louise started hearing her mother saying, I'm working around the clock so that I can get you an education so that you don't have to work around the clock like I did. And through this exercise of being her mother's spokesperson for the first time in her life, she had empathy for her mother's struggles and challenges. And it was a sublime moment where all of her lifetime of anger and victimization 
just disintegrated in front of my eyes. So remember also, anger is never the primary emotion. It's just a cover-up for more vulnerable emotions, like animals puff themselves up, right, when they're really hurt or scared. Humans do the same thing. So that technique of being the, the spokesperson for the person who's abused you, if you can get into that mind space, you will end up healing so incredibly. So I, you know, I could go on for hours and hours telling you about the healing that's possible. I've given you lots of techniques, but right now it's your turn to begin your own meditation and healing and dialoguing. So what you're going to do is in the Love Never Dies book, there is uh, all the meditations. And I believe now also, if you sign up for my newsletter, you can receive the uh, the meditations that are in the Love Never Dies book recorded in my voice to help you prepare yourself for your own dialogue. The meditation puts you into a trance. This is called the meditation for making contact. And then in Love Never Dies, I show you exactly how to dialogue and how to talk back and forth. Just a few pointers for your dialogue, speak out loud. And then don't just say your words, say back the words you hear from the person who abused you and keep talking back and forth. And if you want to write it down or if you want to record the conversation, but it's important that you speak aloud because when we hear different words coming into our heads, it heals the wounded part of ourself differently than if it's all going on in quiet because we need to hear different words and different messages coming in in order to heal. And just keep on dialing, dialoguing back and forth. If you need further help from me, just come to AskDrLove.com. I offer a single session, grief relief session. I can help you get started. Read Love Never Dies. And I'm with you uh, in the book showing you how to do it. Uh, I'm here for you. You can heal and have peace this holiday and beyond. And I want to wish you all a very, very wonderful Christmas. and. Hanukkah, whatever you're celebrating, I want you to be healed and enjoy your ride. It's a short ride on earth. So that's all we have for now. And uh, next week we'll have Dr. Yoho on. He has a new, new book out. We're going to hear what he has to say. It'll be great. So take good care and have lots of peace and joy this holiday and beyond. See you soon. Next time. You've been listening to Ask Dr. Love with Dr. Jamie Turndorf. Sign up for Dr. Jamie's newsletter at AskDrLove.com and receive her meditation audio that will guide you to open your heart and chill out during these stressful times.